0: Um, At this particular point in time, we just want to go to the reading of your word, the word of God this morning, and I want to welcome Emma. Let's appreciate her as she comes to do the recitation. So let's celebrate, let's celebrate her, let's celebrate.
1: Today I shall be reciting from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 9, which says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And that's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord.
0: Amen. Let's celebrate the word of God this morning. At this point in time,
2: our able Reverend Kasimu to just come and make some few notices and
0: then he'll be able to invite the speaker for the day. Let's appreciate him as he comes.
2: So good morning church. Those that are here and those that are watching us from out there, some of you could be in the hospitals. And you're tuning in to walk with us, others in prison, in cars, others in the house because of conditions that make you not attend today. We want to thank you and welcome you. Now it is time to listen to the word of God. So please take out your Bible, if you have, and say, This is the word of God. It is good and beneficial to me. And of course, the preacher is none other that our own dad, our own dad, our own pastor, uh, Reverend John Geshinga, with his lovely wife, Noel, Um, and you know you you don't need any introduction about uh, Reverend Geshinga. If anything, you need more of my introduction than him. And therefore, our pastor continues to serve God in very many other ways. Retired but not tired, continues to serve helping, um, you know, in the helping profession, continues to encourage ministers. He continues to be a role model for all of us to be available for us to run to him and also be, be encouraged. And therefore, please, uh, Noel and Reverend Gishinga, would you come here? Noel, you'll take the chance to say hi and pray for him as he ministers today. Please come forward if you care. Good morning, church. Good
1: morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. My name is Noel Geshinga. And I'm very pleased to be here for the very, very first time. And uh, it's a beautiful place. And I thank God for each and every one of you.
0: Pray. You have to pray. 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 You have to pray for me.
1: <coughs> Father, we want to pray for Reverend Vishinga now as he brings your word to your people. And we ask that, Lord, you would speak through him. That Father, you would meet needs in people's lives through your word. We ask that you would encourage. We ask that you would uphold. We ask that you would build. This we ask in Jesus' name.
0: given permission to take off my uh, mask, and I hope you are okay with that. Thank you. I am very, very happy to be here. Wonderful, wonderful worship worship team. Excellent. Kasimu, I don't know who chose these hymns, these songs, but whichever team, whether here or at uh, wherever, they completely fit with what God has put on my heart. And uh, that's always an encouragement when I go and I find the worship team and I are on one page. It shows we are listening to the same Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. The last time I was here, this was a bush. Uh, We had just uh, bought this place. God had given it to us. And uh, now we come back and this is what it is. How beautiful. We thank God for it. Um, once upon a time, I was a young man. And in that school, we were together in high school from one to four with the one Kemashia who also had black hair uh, like some of you. And now here we are meeting again with all gray hair we must go straight to a message. Any teachers here? Any teachers? Any teachers, primary, secondary, wherever? Why do we have black boards? Why are the bo- black boards black? Excellent. To give a contrast to the white chalk. Uh, and you can see right here When you have black and white, there is a total contrast. These days, we are also using a white chalkboard, but when we write on it, then we can use black markers to contrast. Allow me to contrast the subject for today, blessings of sonship, by giving some contrast so that when we come to talking about the blessings, We can understand it. Reverend Kasimu, thank you so much. I don't know why you chose to invite me, but I appreciate very much being here. The Lord bless you. Uh, You are a great blessing to the Nairobi Baptist Church. So to contrast, the blessings of sonship, the blessings of a son or a daughter of God, I will talk about a stranger and a servant. A stranger, we begin there. A stranger is a person who does not know or is not known in a particular place or community. We sometimes call them outsiders. I have a feeling a lot of the people who are here this morning... Are outsiders, they are not natives of Kajiado district, Kajiado now county. There is a degree to which you can be considered a stranger. If you are the coast and you don't belong to the Mijikenda, you are likely to be called what would they call you? Mtuabara. That is correct. You are there, you exist together, but there is a degree to which you are also an outsider. Parliamentary, parliamentar, uh, parliamentarians welcome people who go into parliament to watch the debates, but usually they are regarded or, and called a stranger. A stranger does not enjoy the whole line of privileges accorded those who belong to the community or to the household. You are welcome. I'm not saying it should be so. I know this is a very deep political statement and very emotive political statement. I think in Kenya we should belong everywhere. But there is often that kind of feeling we can exist together but recognize, and you are in some ways a visitor, a stranger. Let's move on to a servant. And incidentally, when you are talking about a stranger, any of you living in apartments and I have lived... I'm Now, li- Noel and I, we are living in River. But for over 40 years, I lived in Nairobi. And in about uh, six of the last uh, years, I stayed in an apartment. Uh, a, a, a six-floor apartment. And uh, you could have someone upstairs and you have no relationship. Just separated by a concrete floor. Or even downstairs. And you can be strangers. And how do you react when you have a stranger up coming with sharp shoes, sharp heeled shoes upstairs? All you can do when there is a problem is say, There are strangers, I can't do very much, you tolerate them. How about a servant? A servant is one who receives daily wages or a monthly salary for the work they do. The relationship between the two is one of employer and employee. The relationship is based on a contract. You will do this either piece rate or time rate, and at the end of it, according to some specifications we have agreed upon, I will pay you a sum of money. That is the agreement. And once the job is done, there is no relationship, it is ended. I will give a couple of examples from the Bible of a servant. One is Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And we find that in Jeremiah chapter 27, verse 6, chapter 43, verse 10. And God says this of Nebuchadnezzar. I will hand over all countries to my servant, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. The work contract between God and his hireling, his servant, Nebuchadnezzar, was to become a hammer. That word is used a hammer for the nations for the whole rebellious earth. And Nebuchadnezzar was kind of like uh, what COVID is doing. This time he is using a very small tiny jam to hammer the whole earth. At that time, he used Nebuchadnezzar as my servant. That was a contract between them And Ezekiel chapter 29 verses 19 to 20 says this. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will give Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and he will carry it off or its wealth. He will loot and plunder the land as pay for his efforts, because his army did it for me, declares the Lord, a servant, to do a specific job, and then the Lord says, I will pay him, and I will give him Egypt as a territory for him to govern, and to take away the wealth from Egypt as my payment. So God recruits into his employment even kings and presidents. He gives them power and prestige, prominence and property. But they remain just that. Some of them remain just that. His servants to carry out particular tasks. I don't want to speculate here at all, but for example, he may call somebody and say, I want you to move the capital of Jerusalem from Tel Aviv into, I mean, the capital of Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. We don't know. He may say, and this is a very emotive uh, international issue, I want you to restore Golan Heights to Israel, formerly. He may say to him, I want you to restore Christian values to a land. In a repayment, I will give you Air Force One. I will give you the beasts to travel on land. I will give you mask, uh, massive security. But the relationship between you and me, and here I'm not talking about the faith of any president. I'm sure you are putting one and one together. I don't want to say whether he knew the Lord or knows the Lord or he doesn't. But the relationship could remain at that level. You are my servant to do a particular task, and I will pay you with privilege, with the power. When you have done my job, I will remove you. You are hiring an employee, and an employer is our relationship. A second example from the Bible of a servant servant or employee employer relationship, and that is Cyrus. Chapter 44 of the book of Isaiah verses 28 all the way to 45, verse 4. Though you do not acknowledge me, says God, I summon you by name. I will use you as my shepherd. Shepherd is God's word, not mine. In chapter 44, 28 of Isaiah, my anointed or empowered one, I will take hold of your right hand to do what I will assign you to do, and that is to facilitate the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem, the rebuilding of the temple, to return the exiles of my people Israel from their captivity in Babylon. And God says, "I will not give you a direct wage, like I gave to Nebuchadnezzar when I gave him Egypt." He says in verse forty, uh, uh, chapter forty-five, verse three of Isaiah, "I will not direct you directly; give you a reward." But He says, "I will give you the treasures of darkness." Riches hidden in secret places. I will bestow on you a title of honor. And when we read about Nebuchadnezzar, uh, no, no, Cyrus, including today, Cyrus is a very honored name. One of my own brothers is actually named Cyrus. Uh, because it's a name of honor. And the Lord says, This is the contract we have, the relationship we have, an employee, an employer, a servant. So we have dealt with a stranger, we have dealt with a servant, and now I want to move on to something else, and this is the title for our today's message. The benefits of sonship. The Bath de Gaulle, perfectly read for us, recited Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons, and we can easily put daughters of God. Who are the sons and daughters of God? They are not peacekeepers, but peacemakers. I have never been to Somalia to see how peacekeeping is done, or to Sierra Leone to see how it is done. But after I left Nairobi Baptist Church, I became a global chaplain of an organization we call Wild Relief, a Christian NGO. I'm retired from that now. And uh, that used to take me to Goma because we had an office in Goma in eastern DRC. And I used to watch the peacekeepers. And some of them were quite happy for the conflict to continue because they we're benefiting, some of them. Some of them, not all of them. I know among us are family and friends of people who do, keep peace, pe- who do peacekeeping in uh, different countries uh, with our KDF under the UN. Some of them are very happy to just be there because it's a lucrative business. And I know sometimes, uh, for example, where the uh, uh, Italian ambassador was killed, I have traveled that route and it's a dangerous route. You have an army on this side and an army on this, uh, this side. And the role of peacekeepers is just to be in between and uh, keep the route open. Peace builders are men and women who go to the route of the problem and say my heart aches. And this is where Reverend Kasimu said this is a summary of what we have been reading in the Beatitudes. These are men and women peace makers, not peacekeepers, are men and women who mourn and groan when they see injustice and unfairness. They thirst; they hunger for righteousness. All these are part of what becomes the sons and daughters of God. There are men and uh, women who look at murder, and someone, or who the person who led us intercessory prayers, prayed against violence and murder in our families during these COVID days. Sons and daughters of God do not just detest murder. You read in that chapter 6, which is the context of our reading for today and for the month, There are men and women for whom even the thought of hatred of another, their righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees. They will not even think, not just of murder, but of hatred of another. They will not just not commit adultery, even the very thought of it, even going into our phones, and our laptops to deal with or to watch pornof- pornography. They will not. These are the sons and daughters of God. They will not only not just take revenge, they will go a much higher notch and they love even their enemies. These are the peacemakers. The peace builders, not just peace keepers. Peace keepers just go between two parties and separate them from fighting. But sons and daughters of God ache for righteousness that exceeds that of the Pharisees. Now, my assignment is to ask What are the benefits of the sons and daughters of God? If for strangers they can live above you or below you and even if they walk with high-heeled shoes at one in the morning, you can say we have no relationship, I can't do a thing. Disinterest. If for a servant. And we looked at Nebuchadnezzar and Cyrus. God says for my servants there is pay for work done. The benefits of the sons of God is one. It's relationship with him. That's why I worshipped him. I loved this. The choice of your hymns. I was underlining as we were singing. Relationship. We have access to our father. We can talk with him about the things we are doing together. That is what we call prayer. Prayer is conversation between God and us about the things we are doing together, the couple that is about to marry. Prayer is talking with God about the subject that we are about to do in June. We talk with him. We need finances. We need to understand each other. We need the support of our parents. We need a transfer from NAROK possibly to here by the same employer or whatever. These are things that God and us are doing together and we talk together, and he ushers into us into his presence. Is prayer real? What I'm saying here this morning to us, my brothers and sisters, yes, it is real. Look, for example, what you sang in one of the uh, hymn, uh, song number four. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend where do we find that? John fifteen, fifteen? That's why he calls us friend. And he says, because you are a friend and not a servant, which we have just talked about. We have a relationship. I will tell you secrets that I don't tell everybody. On Wednesday this week, we buried a favorite sister of mine. My sister was married at age 21, soon after training as a teacher. Four years later, she had uh, three kids. That's a model. Three children in four years, the couple. Unfortunately, he was working in Oasim Gishu. It's a a, a lightning-prone area. And as he was calling the children to get back to the classrooms because it was about to rain, lightning entered through the tongue and roasted his insides, and he died instantly. And my sister was left a widow. After only four years, with three kids, three boys, the last one was only about three or four weeks old. We were burying her after 35 years of widowhood. And her boys were telling stories about their mother. One of them is uh, working now with KDF as a major, having finished university. The other one is working for parliament as a lawyer. Another one has also finished uh, university. All of them gone through university And my sister was able to go back to school and uh, get a degree, and she was in special education in one of our counties in this country. And their children were sharing how their mother told them, when your father died, you know who is your father? He is in heaven. Thus, to him, we will take your needs. And one of the boys, when he was still very young, was playing with another boy, and they were playing with the rubber bands, and it hit the bigger rubber bands, not just the ones that wrap uh, money in banks, but the heavier ones. And it hit one of the eyes, and they went to an optician, and he said, we have only two solutions. Take out the eye, and uh, close it. Or we can put an artificial eye from a goat, I mean a real eye from a goat, or an artificial one that looks like an eye. And I still remember it, it's not just the testimony of the boy on Wednesday, but I remember it very well because she's my younger sister. There was a Bonke crusade, Reinhard Bonke had a crusade in Eodorate. And my sister decided to take her son there. A little boy, not much older than that young man there. And as they were going, she asked her son, Do you believe we will take you to the crusade and they pray for you, you can be healed? And the boy said, Yes, I believe God can heal me. That is the boy who was giving that testimony on Wednesday. This is a boy who has both his eyes finished university as a lawyer and is working for a parliament as a legal counsel. God healed him. The eye sees to this day. That very same couple, that same young man, they had stayed eight years uh, without uh, a baby. And our sister was pleading with this God that she had a relationship. And uh, eight months ago, the Lord said to her, she used to wake up at four to pray. And uh, the Lord said to her, it is done. Your prayer is answered. And uh, she stays in Okalau. She traveled to Nairobi just to talk with the children. And they confirmed indeed that after eight years she was expecting a baby. That baby was delivered yesterday. And uh, three days before she died, she traveled all the way from Okalao to bring uh, her daughter-in-law clothes for her future son. She was not sick at all, but she traveled on Friday... And uh, by Tuesday, she felt unwell, went to sleep, did not wake up the following morning. She had a relationship where God told her, you are going, go and say goodbye to your grandson who is coming. Go and say goodbye. And so one of the songs that you heard, I had just one disagreement with you, worship team. The goodness of God. And you say, for your mercy never fails me. All the days I have been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God And all my life you have been faithful, and all my life you have been so good, so good. With every breath I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of the Lord. And uh, you seemed to kind of cease as to when I pumuwa yamuisho. You know, our relationship does not end there our relationship continues to eternity. And this is only one phase of our life. And uh, moving on, he moves on to, with us to eternity. So I'm talking about a relationship with our God, our God, this God. The sons and daughters of our God. And I would want to say, it is not just my sister, Kemashia, my schoolmate. When you are over 70, you tend to tell stories. That's what old men and women used to do with us. So let me tell you another story. <laughs> now, this time of my own, working with this God in a relationship, not a paid capacity. About 10 years ago, I lost a wife like my friend, Kemashi, has lost a wife. And uh, my father had trained me, for those of us who were born 70 years plus ago, we were taught strictly male roles and strictly female roles. And so when my wife had died, I had no clue where to begin Even to make a cup of tea, I didn't know how. And I was lost. And I was sure I did not want to live beyond another five years. And I remember somewhere visiting in the U.S. And one night, the Lord spoke to me. And it clearly told me about this girl, Noel. And Noel was, uh, I had known her for many years from the Nairobi Baptist Church, and uh, she knew the Lord, she was on the worship team, she was on the choir, but she was on the diplomatic service and was outside of the country when all these things were happening, and the Lord showed me Noel, and uh, clearly told me this was the wife he was giving me. I am now married to her for eight years. And very happily so. I remember another incident where around that time I was doing a lot of travel and my heart started being difficult, uh, be- misbehaving. And uh, I was saying, Lord, I think the time for me has come to go. And I've just married. And we went to a church that she used to worship in in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur. And the preacher called me from somewhere behind. I was sitting like where are you are uh, sitting, uh, our dear lady there. And the preacher who was, uh, had never seen me, he was actually a visiting preacher uh, from uh, Latin America. He said, you out there, would you please come? And I came to the front. And he whispered to me, how can I pray for you? You have a need. And I said to God, I want the Lord to give me a new heart. I was praying when I was sitting there, Lord, I want you to give me a new heart. And soon after, the Lord used a different way to show me not necessarily medication. He showed me that I was allergic. I was sitting in next in a vehicle. We were going to a meeting somewhere. And the lady said, you know, my husband has a problem. We hadn't even talked about hypertension. And my husband has a problem. And he is allergic to something called MSG. MSG is what you find in Roy Komuchusi mix. And what you find in uh, uh, some of these fast foods. And uh, by just showing me that and getting off that food, my problem went and the Lord gave me a new heart in a different way. We have a relationship with the God because we are sons and daughters of God. We are different from strangers. We are different from servants. We are sons. And the biggest of gifts that we can have as sons is not money, is not payment. Although, and we will not read it because time has run out, but I wanted Noah to read And all you could read just to finish, please come and read for us Isaiah 43, and that will be our conclusion. It is true he will look after us in a material way. Please read for us Isaiah 43,
1: 1-7. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burnt. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory,
0: whom I formed and made. Okay, everybody that is called by my name. And I remember the reading that we did says they will be called sons and daughters of God. One A.W. Tozer says those who are known in heaven they are also known in hell. They will be known. It's like it's written on us. God gives us a name of honor. And all those who love the Lord are not servants, mere servants, are not mere strangers but are sons and daughters of God. We have a very special relationship and we are known in heaven and we are known in hell. And I just wonder, do you have a servant relationship with God? Are you strangers or are you sons? And if you are not a son or a daughter, did you know you can actually become one by saying to him, Lord, make me one, adopt me as one. And I can tell you, I invited him way back in 1965. And here I am, almost getting to 60 years later, and I can give a first-hand testimony. It worked by just inviting him when I was only 15. You can invite him this morning. I will ask Reverend Kasim to lead us in a prayer.
2: Oh. Oh, we give glory to God. We give glory to God. Words of wisdom. When I was looking at the series on the Beatitudes, coming to that last one, I felt not qualified. I felt like we needed a father who would speak like a father a father who would speak better than me and when I approached Reverend Gishinga and he said yes I was surprised and I thank God the voice of the father in heaven talking to us our beloved that we are not servants but how how sad it is even as we conclude to go home now is it possible that we are still servants that we remain there my carry home is that we might have been serving the lord and we just stay there as servants never to go to the next level of being children of a father being called sons is it possible that we have remained in that ministry And you are very successful because you are talented. Your training is good enough. And your personality, you are very amable. You are lovable. Your voice is good. You are a charismatic preacher on the pulpit. Or where you are. And the Lord is happy to use your gift. Because he is sovereign. He can use even the stones. And when the time comes and the trumpet is blown, you will never get where the sons will be. It will be a time to separate boys from men. What a sad story that would be told about you. Is it possible that by brothers and sisters we can sing so melodiously, so nicely, and that we don't make it to heaven? If ever I loved you, Jesus, the time is even now. That we love him for loving us with an everlasting love. Let us stand up together to respond. And the music team, let's just choose. If ever I loved you, my Jesus is now. How could he love a wretch like me? So filthy, so unreliable. We are not reliable. If it were to be us to be counted on the ministry, ministry would collapse. Churches would have closed. Even families, our family would have fallen. But Lord continues to love us the way we are. The way we are in the sinfulness and, um, and the waverings of our lives. He has loved us. And even as we sing, if you have never given your life to the Lord, take this chance to invite Christ in your heart. And tell him, Lord, I love you. That you loved me with an everlasting love. I come to you. How can you resist such love? Sinner. Unworthy. Yet we are called the children of the Father. That Abednego is a child of God. A son of God. In my history and everything that I have been. Lord I love you. So let's sing this together. But as we sing. You don't have to like, legally sing the song all of it. You can just sit down. You can lift your hands. You can keep cool, but respond. Even you, examining your life. So thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. And for your love to us. We take your words of wisdom seriously even as we go home. That we are not servants. We are your children. And therefore, Father, knowing this, who can be against us if you be for us? Whatever happens in this life, if God you be for us, who can be against us? Oh, yes. You are for us. You are on our side. Oh, yes. He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Now that you have called us, your children, and we are in you, mm-hmm. and you have called us, come to me, O ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. We enter into your presence Even in this confession, in our backsliding, Lord, we come back home. We come back home like the prodigal son. We come back home. You know us very well. You know our pretense. You know where we are. You know the distance we are. You know us in our drifting away. We come back home this afternoon even as we go home. And we enter into your rest. Your rest is sweet. Your rest is sweet. We stay there. We shall stay there. And the mighty waves of the sea shall find no way because we are in you. And you call us Father. You call us sons even as we call you Father. And now I pray the Lord you shall keep us strong in you even as we go home. If you can lift up your hands before the lord even as i say this prayer for you that the lord wanted israel to hear his voice so therefore dear servants of god and children of the father may the lord bless you may the lord keep you from all harm in the week and all the snares of the enemy and the darts that he throws towards you this week from monday Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, even Sunday. May the Lord keep you away from them. May the Lord allow His face to shine upon you. May He show His countenance uh, upon you. May the Lord give you victory. May the Lord favor you. May it be blessed. May it be your blessing as you go. Even in the morning, looking for things to do. May the Lord bless you as you come back. May the Lord cover you. May the Lord favor you. May He give you a favor. May you find favor as you go and as you toil. May that favor translate into peacefulness in your business, at your place of work. May the Lord defend you against those who plan evil against you. Even those who accuse you falsely, may the Lord defend you. May he be your defense. May he fight for you. May he give you victory on Sunday. May you come back saying, Shalom, the Lord has given me peace. This is my prayer for you to God in the name of God who is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen Amen. and amen. And let's clap unto the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) Amen. Now let us look at one another, not a prayer but a prophetic uh, you know, um, uh, saying to one another the grace of God. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen and amen. We are more than conquerors, brothers and sisters. We are more than conquerors. We are winning this battle because the Lord is on our side. Go out there in victory because the Lord loves you.